Hi everyone, this is Shifali and I'm back after a long time. This time I will be narrating one of my short stories uh, which is available on Kindle and uh, it is also in the paperback form. Uh, it was taken up by Book Street Publishers. And uh, so I have decided to share this cute little story with you through a series of episodes. And let me just give you um, an idea of the story. Let me give you an overview. So this story is about Abhimanyu, a student participating in a university exchange program, who finds himself in Paris, where he meets Amanda Sterling, a Finnish student who works in a cafe to support herself. Despite Amanda's initial aloofness, Abhimanyu falls deeply in love with her and becomes determined to win her heart. However, just as Amanda begins to reciprocate his feelings, unforeseen circumstances tear them apart. As Abhimanyu struggles to come to terms with reality, he wonders if their paths will ever cross again. Will fate intervene and bring the star-crossed lovers back together against all odds? Well, let me start with the first chapter of this little story, which is Party Time, and this is narrated from Abhimanyu's point of view. So let us begin Abhimanyu's take on this. I sighed and perused my messy room for some important work documents. I contemplated if I had ever spent some time cleaning it. There was hardly any time in the past few days to think about life and love. It was icy cold, as if winter had spread its devilish claws over the city. The warmth of the furnace was just enough to survive through the day. I had been scrambling with home assignments since morning. I quietly tiptoed into the kitchen, enveloped with the aroma of baked beans. My flatmate, Mark, stood in a corner, enthusiastic about something. Good morning, brother. There's a celebration in the gardens near the Eiffel Tower. Meet you in a while, he said and swanned out of the kitchen. I instantly smiled. I lived with two of my batchmates. Mark hailed from Serbia, while Sam represented the glorious culture of Scotland. The enticing architecture of the Eiffel Tower was visible from a window. I always wished to admire its beauty from a nearer spot. Who would not want to be in its radius for once in a lifetime? It had been three weeks since I had stepped out for a party. I was always a workaholic, and my commitment to studies landed me at a prestigious university in Paris. This exchange program bound me for a year and a half. The curriculum was like a contract with my ambitions of touching the pinnacle of success. I was complacent. My hand brushed past a small notebook with the title, Entrepreneurs. I wanted to be one someday. My family had high hopes on me. I imagined the yearning eyes of my little brother Krish, who was autistic by birth. He would be proud of me one day. The chaos in my head obscured my mind when it came to love. It was ironic, for Paris is regarded as the city where dreams of love get churned into reality. My aspirations got wrecked because of an ex. It had been hard to bear her piercing tantrums. I viewed love from a vantage point in my life since then, discarding hopes of its resurrection anytime soon. Yet, it did not rattle my faith in destiny. One day everything would fall in place. Perhaps love would come darting towards me once I cleared the commotion in my head. Even if it didn't, I would bask in the glory of fandom and wealth. I picked the overcoat gifted by Ma on my 26th birthday and dressed up like a gentleman. I was not the same university student engrossed in the obligations for the day. I appreciated my clean-shaven look in front of the mirror and sprayed my hair with a French brand paste gel. Well, in Rome, do as Romans do. I felt fresh as a daisy. 
It was time to amend my routine a bit, for my lean look reminded me of tumbles in the corner of the little room. We are getting late, Abby. Sam yelled from the kitchen in a mighty tone. I felt lucky to have flatmates like Mark and Sam. We worked together for hours, shopped for groceries, and sipped beer together to rejuvenate our weary selves. Mark was tall and fair. We teased him purely out of light-hearted envy. Sam, on the other hand, was bulky in stature. He was rather discreet in terms of his personal choices. He was also the decision maker for all our shared purchases. My friends stood waiting for me. Their brand new puffy jackets made me reconsider my attire. I looked at myself and pondered: Was I underdressed? Wasn't it a trivial celebration? Was I missing a special occasion? Before I could make amends, Mark pointed towards a mini fridge that stocked our provisions. There's no arrangement of beer, he exclaimed. Let's take some cans along. I instantly nodded. It was a fantasy to wallow in the in the moonlight near the Eiffel Tower with a can of beer in my hand. This entire speculation instilled my senses with joy, and thus began our journey. We caught a train and walked up the path flooded with excited youngsters. It was Friday, the time to welcome weekend with a pinch of conversation and a dash of celebration. The sprawling gardens looked occupied to every inch. Parents ran behind their young ones who scurried from one corner to the other. Youngsters danced to the tune of music played by men and women dressed as bagpipers. The aura got amplified by the sparkle of the spire. We sat in the gardens. There was so much to sit back and discuss. For instance, we were overly concerned about the topsy-turvy political scenarios of several nations. We had our conclusions about dealing with the pandemic, and we had some blatant feedback for a few university professors. Before we could manifest more notions, the clock struck ten. It is late. There might not be anything for dinner. Announced Mark. Sam proclaimed that he was feeling giddy. Probably you could not stomach our thoughtful conversations. Laughed Mark, too riveted by the charisma of the night. Well, let us go back and make something for dinner. I said, concerned about Sam's frail health. I'll just take a walk around the local market and step back in an hour. Replied Mark. I secretly wanted to stay on the patio for the entire night, but I could not leave Sam alone in this condition. Finally, he intervened. I am fine. Just the acid in my stomach. I'll take a leave, and you guys can party with the French guys and girls. Nobody will entertain Abby. He will begin mumbling about his JavaScript project. I could not stop myself from hitting Mark frivolously. He knew that I was a workaholic. My laptop graced an exclusive table as if it was its throne. I did need a break from it sometimes. Sam bid adieu, and we strolled across the bars and cafes now closing for the night. A few women in dresses chattered as they struggled to hire a taxi. I admired the planning of the city, the colossal spires and the symmetric houses, the flowers embellishing the balconies of local shops, and the tempting aroma of coffee. I suddenly felt the craving inside, so we hurriedly entered a cafe whose board boasted of quintessential French food and coffee. Mark followed my trail. I was pretty much in my senses, but what happened next hit my nerves. Well, this was the first chapter of my book, Bittersweet Coffee, of my story, Bittersweet Coffee. And yes, I am going to be back with the next episode where I will uh, share my next chapter. So, see you and thank you for listening. Hello, friends. Happy New Year. I'll continue with the next episode of Bittersweet Coffee, which is Love at First Sight, narrated from Abhimanyu's perspective. At the counter was a dreamy girl, apparently in her twenties, carefully assimilating the contents of coffee in a mug. She looked pretty absorbed in calibrating the level. Her hands functioned like a programmed machine. 
An intense look masked a calm composure. She smiled while handing over the mug to a customer. Amanda. I carefully read her name, flashing on the badge. There was a vivid charm in her slender eyes. Was I on the brink of falling in love once again? Maybe it was the aura of the cafe. The fairy lights sang their ballad of love in every corner of the room. A few illustrious paintings created magic. The aroma of coffee united every lover's heart. Before we could order something, I noticed Amanda rushing towards a little boy. He was innocently scanning the chairs for a sight of his parents. Eventually, a flood of tears streamed out of his eyes. Amanda offered a cookie bar to placate him. When she could not do so, she lightly grabbed his hand and dawdled towards the counter. The manager of the cafe entered the scene and started searching the records for any trace of his parents' mobile number. The little boy aimlessly gazed at the walls. My attention suddenly deviated towards my brother peeking at me from the wallpaper of my phone. The soft corner in my heart widened. The mystery woman continued to work relentlessly without looking anywhere. She set aside a flick of her blonde hair behind the ear. I felt fascinated enough to utter a word. For a minute, I forgot about the depleted happiness in my love life. I eyed Amanda, then the little boy who fiddled with the cookie in his hand. He seemed to have forgotten his plight for a moment. Syllables failed to weave into a thread of words as another woman made her way to the counter. Yes, she questioned nonchalantly. She looked Asian. I I we need food and coffee. Mark, who seemed utterly bored and starving, mediated the conversation. Sorry, we just took the last order a while ago, said the woman, while Amanda went ahead to clean the table. As the manager called the little boy's mother, I gathered my distracted self. Mademoiselle, I badly want a cup of coffee. Couldn't you give me one? I already told you we are closed now. She gestured with her hands towards the signboard that read closed. I shifted my focus towards Amanda as she came back. Mademoiselle, you seem pretty and kind. Please take our request. I saw that sublime smile making its way on her face. Before she could respond, the other woman intervened again. The entire joy of making a move evaporated within seconds. Tumko samajh nahi aata kya? She wrote. Her shriek loud enough to travel a kilometer. Are you Indian? I muttered. There was a bizarre sweetness in the bitterness of her words. Perhaps I reminisced the tangy exclamations of mom and dad whenever I arbitrated a mischievous act. There is a peculiar feeling of finding someone of the same ethnicity in a land of foreigners. My happiness became twofold. Mark was so irritated that he was almost about to march out of the shop. I signaled him with my eyes, requesting him to be the savior of my love. I am Afri. The woman's tone mellowed a bit. I hail from Pakistan, but my parents have lived here for two decades now. From here started the saga of conversations. From Shah Rukh Khan's popularity to the highlights of a recent historic match between our nations, we indulged in several common topics. Unfortunately, she still did not agree to serve us anything. The owners are stern regarding the cafe timings, but it was a pleasure meeting you, Abhimanyu. Abby, I said, shaking a hand. Mark looked uninterested and furious, for I wasn't eager to leave. I was also not oblivious to Amanda's reticent attitude, so I decided to exit the cafe. Afri, the pleasure is all mine. Coffee is due. I will pay a visit tomorrow. She smiled and waved her hand at me. Amanda still refused to comment, her eyes silently searching for another cookie to please the little boy. See you with the next episode friends thank you bye bye
Hello friends, welcome to the next part of Bitter Sweet Coffee. The Chase for Coffee is the name of this part and again it is narrated uh, from Abhimanyu's perspective. It is easy to read and reread quotes of love and wisdom. They are an emblem of assurance when your heart races against your chest. My work seemed to take a back seat in this new storm of love. It was unlike my usual self. The glimpses of the night kept flashing in my head. Did I misjudge the girl? Probably she wore a fabric of ego in the garb of tranquility. Yet there was something that enticed me about her. Those eyes were an ocean of serenity. I now wished to know more about her over a cup of whistling hot coffee. So I decided to wind up my tasks early and reach the cafe. The only difference Mark refused to offer his camaraderie this time. I got dressed up once again in a casual sweatshirt and overcoat. There was an option to borrow Mark's puffy jacket for a day, but it could look too huge on me. I could feel the adrenaline rush as I inched closer to the cafe. A group of youngsters waited in a queue for their turn as the eatery offered lucrative discounts on weekends. I made my way past jostling kids and pepped up locals. Afreen, I yelled at the top of my voice, turning a few eyeballs towards me. Hey, I forgot your name. She looked at me and exclaimed. She looked a tad happier than the previous night. The sizzler in her hand tingled everyone's taste buds. Amanda looked immersed in work. She juggled between the preparations of food and customer service. I knew that she wouldn't acknowledge my presence. Cautious of the tray in her hand, she regulated her gait accordingly. Her hair was tightly clenched in a bun, and her apron bore splashes of coffee. Abby, I responded to Afrin. She gestured towards the sun-kissed courtyard, and I dashed towards a vacant chair on her suggestion. I just owe you a coffee, she giggled. We are too full. I smiled and wondered when Amanda would make an appearance. A few youngsters muttered something in French, and I recalled my failed attempt at learning the language from my school teacher. The fuming hot cafe latte on Afrin's table, uh, on Afrin's tray. elevated my joy my love for it was inexplicable the walls of the courtyard were inked with caricatures of eminent personalities mainly music stalwarts adroitly painted pottery displayed its beauty in broad daylight a ukulele stood in a corner as if yearning to be picked by a visitor my passion for music instantly woke up from its slumber it had been long since i touched an instrument you know how to play it said a delighted afrin as she greeted another customer next to my seat I do. Shall I play it? Why not? It seems you're quite talented," she replied. To add fuel to the fire, she made a public announcement. My hands froze. "We have a special visitor here who shall play a song for all of you," she said. I placed my gloves aside and grabbed the ukulele amongst cheers of claps and some less understood syllables. I silently hoped that Amanda would eye me from a corner. The last time I played the guitar, it was at a friend's birthday party in India. Love and appreciation were the rewards of my five-year-old training in music. However, birthday parties were the only platform where I had showcased my inner potential till now. But who could hold me back now? I tuned the strings and hummed a melodious English tune. When you say nothing at all, it's amazing how you can speak right to my heart without saying a word. You can light up the dark. Try as I may, I can never explain what I hear when you don't say a thing. That's what I played, and within minutes, the intensity of applause increased, with many people joining me in the chorus. Delightful, mouth-eared lady from the furthest corner. Amanda quietly turtled in and out of the courtyard, looking at me. The feeling was ingratiating. But did she like it? Could I straight away ask her this? 
For a minute, I forgot about the elating hills. What could be th- what could be worse? Amanda would avoid me or my advances, or call the manager if she considered me a nuisance. The latter perspective hit me hard, and I decided to avoid kicking off a conversation. Probably Afni could help me break the ice. The excitement level started pouring back to normal. For food distracted the attention of everyone in the cafe. I waved at Afni, who was busy serving a woman accompanied by her son. Well, I only promised you one coffee. She reiterated. I I need to ask you something, Afni. I was stammering again. Mental pressure always led to an imbalance in my word choice, and that is, she looked expectantly. This is an enormous expectation, and it could seem a little off guard. I want to have a cup of coffee with Amanda. Afni twitched her lips, and her face became a platter of several emotions. I wondered how she would react. It was a cold "uh huh" from her end. A minute later, she continued. Though she seemed to be in a hurry, she did not disregard my concern. Well, why? Mm, she seems to be noble soul. Her simplicity is remarkable, Afri. And I just need a small favor from your end. I said with pleading eyes. The stutter now vanished from my speech. I was suddenly more confident after encashing on so many good wishes. Give me some time, she said hurriedly. Leave your phone number with me, and I will let you know. I don't think Amanda would agree. She is too burdened with her qualms. uh but you know this might be the last thing on her bucket list mm just a cup of coffee would be fine afri i will never ask it again i said secretly hoping that amanda would open up about her inhibitions after an hour of conversation okay let me see afri responded and disappeared from the scene i quietly slipped a piece of paper bearing my phone number on her desk before leaving the cafe thank you and see you with the next part of bitter sweet coffee